Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Had a historic flood here in downtown Mobile about an hour ago, so excited for the podcast. Just hoping the building doesn't float away. Well, you know, hey, you got to hope for life's little victories, right? You know, hope <laughs> especially in 2020. Away, hope you don't. Hope the building isn't flooded. I mean, little things like that. Um, NOAA-level flood is to be expected in 2020. That's right. And you know what? You might as well call Coach Nick Lou Saban Noah because he's putting two of every five-star on his arc, baby. (laughs) Kendrick Blackshire just committed. Yeah, it was a big deal. We've been talking about it for a while, but now that it's happened, it feels like an even bigger deal than we anticipated. I mean, he's just such a good prospect. You know, he's ranked he's ranked behind Deontay Lawson uh, in the 24-7 composite, just barely. I mean, just barely. I think they have, like, Lawson's the fifth best inside linebacker and Blackshire's the seventh best. I mean, it's that close. But personally, j- just my opinion, and, and as you know, I'm sort of a homer for my local kids, but – uh Personally, I would rank Blackshire ahead of Deontay Lawson because Blackshire, to me, is a five-star against the run. And and, and while I know it's sexier to be a great player against the pass, uh, teams still do run the ball. Alabama runs the ball. Uh, LSU runs the ball. Georgia's got a great back and Zamir White. Uh, Running the ball is still a big deal. And and, and to me, Blackshire is a five-star against the run. Uh, and, and for that reason alone, I would rank him a little bit ahead of Deontay Lawson because he's so outstanding in that in that area. So uh, I think it's a big deal to me. He's a national top 100 player. If not, he's he's right at it. And uh, a huge pickup, particularly when he's a little outside of area. He's in the SEC footprint because he's in East Texas, which makes him in the SEC footprint. But let's be honest, before Nick Saban got here, we weren't exactly signing the top linebacker in Texas. That wasn't a thing we were doing before Nick's, Nicholas Lou Saban. Yeah, you're right. And I think he's better than Lawson, too. And, again, I, look, Deontay, if you're listening to this, I don't mean that as an insult. Um, I, I think that uh, just looking at Kendrick Blackshire, I mean, he looks like somebody that make Kimbo Slice crap his pants. I mean, he is – Huge. I mean, his his biceps are like most people's thighs. Yep. Yep. He's uh, ripped to shreds. I mean, I'm not sure. I guess a kid like him shows up and, and Baloo and Dr. Ray are like, well, what the hell do we do with this guy? He's like, it's like he's finished. It's like he's already done. It's like a cook. It's like a cook, but instead of the ingredients, the lasagna's already made, man. It's like, well, the cook's <laughs> like, well, what do I need to do with this? The lasagna's done. You know, this is an ingredient. This is the lasagna. They ask him, (laughs) hey, what can you do for us? (laughs) Is there anything we're not doing? (laughs) Congratulations. You're our new assistant strength coach. Um, But, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm excited about, you know, he is rangier than you would assume. I mean, I think it's fair to look at the size and the 245 pounds and, and and the way he's built and go, well, you know, he's an inside the tackle box guy. Well, he is an inside the tackle box guy. That's that's what he is. That's who he is. That's what he does best. But uh, he does have a, a decent uh, a decent range. His legs are, are sort of long. He's not a short, squatty guy. 
Uh, he has he has longer longer legs and uh, he's rangier than you think. Uh, what will make him a fantastic player at the next level is if he proves, hey, hey, I can play in space even at this level. If he does that, then you're talking about a multi-year starter, an all-star, and a high draft pick. Uh, and, and he could easily be those things. But but what I'm I'm just most impressed about here, Luke, is Alabama last year signed what was probably the best linebacker class in the history of the program. And now we're adding these four guys. We now have a complete linebacker class. In my mind, it's complete in this sense that Dallas Turner can be your Jack, Deontay Lawson can be your Sam, Ian Jackson can be your Will, Kendrick Blackshire can be your Mike. So you've got a complete group and everybody's sort of playing in the spot that fits them best. Then add that with what they signed last year. I mean, Blackshire, basically a Mike, uh, along with so Ian Jackson will also be inside. So add Blackshire, Ian Jackson, Demoy Kennedy, and Jackson Bratton. I mean, in two classes, that's just the inside guys, and that's that's outstanding because Demoy and, and and Blackshire in particular. I mean, Demoy and Blackshire, you know, two national top one hundred type players, and then and then to have depth like Jackson Bratton and Ian Jackson. Uh, is outstanding, and then, then you look outside, and it's it's far more ridiculous. Six outside linebackers in these two classes, and and, and who's the worst of the six? I mean, Quindarius Robinson and and De- and Deontay Lawson, they're the worst yeah. two. They'd be the best two almost anywhere else in the whole in the whole country, and they're the quote worst two uh, uh, of the group. So, outside linebacker just an embarrassment of riches for Alabama in these last two classes. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's the same at at all the other spots, but at linebacker, Alabama just hits home run after home run after home run. Yeah, it certainly is uh, an embarrassment of riches. You're absolutely right. But Blackshire, uh, to me, was interesting. Uh, Tim Watts told the story on Bama Online that, that Hank South actually cut the video for Blackshire, so they knew where he was going. And, of course, that's why their crystal ball had such, you know, a high rating for him committing to Alabama. But then, of course, he cuts the video, and they want to put it on Twitter, and it's too long for Twitter. So, like, (laughs) he said he's going to put the video out, and everybody was waiting around, and everybody was like, this is – why is he taking so long? Is is this a Cyrus Quandro-type situation here? And – um. It turns out they just had to cut the video down a little bit, but uh, I thought that was very cool. Um, so, yeah, where would you rank him? Where would you rank Blackshire? Actually, let's do this, Jimmy. We'll go ahead and take a break, and when you come back, when we come back, I want to ask you that very question. So you'll be no surprise as to what question I'm asking you when we come back. Just like I said, Jimmy, where would you rank Kendrick Blackshire? Well, among the 12 guys, you're talking about like among the 12 that are committed to Alabama? Correct. So, like, if you're ranking the 12 guys committed to Alabama best player down to the 12th, where would I put Blackshire? Um, yes. You know, off, off the top of my head, right about in the middle, uh, I would, and this is, again, off the top of my head, right now I say J.C. Latham is number one. Uh, I think I would then go uh, with, with Dallas Turner, number two, uh, because to me, the, to me, Latham is a slam dunk five-star. Two, Dallas Turner is either a five-star or as close as you can get to it. 
Then after that, I would go all three of those receivers in a row, three, four, and five to me, or Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, Jai Hall, and Christian Leary. To me, those are all national top 100 prospects, and, uh, and I would put them three, four, and five. I believe, unless I'm missing someone, I believe I would put Kendrick Blackshire next. So that, that would put him at six exactly, you know, basically right in the middle of the group. I'd put him at six, um, just ahead of Deontay Lawson, uh, who I would have at seven. Although Ian Jackson, I mean, would be a close eight. And then the DBs, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to be negative, because I think that's one of the things you might get from us, you won't get from other podcasts because I I don't, I don't want to be known as as the cheerleader group. Of course, we're positive and optimistic and excited about Alabama because we're fans, but but hey, you know, we, we also want to be a little realistic. And to be realistic, uh, I, I'm not knocked out by that DB group so far. I mean, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying throw all those guys back. I'm just saying I, as, as unbelievable as a linebacker group and the wide receiver group, to me, of these three receivers, I, I'm hesitant to include any of them in the national top 250. I, 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 think, I, think, they yeah. would, I think they'd all be there. But to me, they're not slam dunk. Now I know I know where these guys rank on on the uh, on the composite, and I know that Kane Williams and Kadarius Callaway uh, are in the top two hundred and fifty right now. Devontae Smith is outside it right now. Ironically, I would put Devontae Smith ahead of Kane Williams and Kadarius Callaway. But you know, to me, he's kind of like probably in the top two. So I'm not knocked out by the three DBs. I'm not knocked out by Anquin Barnes, uh, you know, based in, on, on recruiting buzz and tape. So, yeah, I'm crazy about this class. I think it might be – it could end up proving to be the best of all the saving groups. But it's not – it's not a home run, one through 12. I think once you get down to those bottom three or four names, not that they're bad prospects. None of them are bad. Uh, there's just a difference between bad and, and not awesome you know, I'm just saying those last no, four guys right now are just not awesome. But but those first eight are really strong. Ian Jackson isn't rated too high on the composite. I love him. And, and I said that way before he was committed to Alabama. I thought Ian Jackson was awesome when my first thought was that he's likely going to Auburn. And, and I thought Ian Jackson was, was, was great. So I love him. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and I saw that Deontay Lawson actually moved up in the rankings here lately. And frankly, I I like Deontay Lawson. I've seen him up close and personal. Um, I said it then, and I'll say it right now. I was not wowed in the state championship game. Now, they were manhandled in that game. Um, that whole team was overmatched. Um, I thought he should have dominated, though, and I didn't feel like he did. Now, that may be when you're the best player far and away on your squad and the rest of your guys just can't handle the competition that's being played, maybe it makes you look a little worse. Maybe you get a little frustrated, so maybe this is a little unfair. Um, I'm just not – I would – he's in the top 45 players in the country, according to 247 now. I don't agree with that necessarily. That isn't to say I don't think he's worthy of a scholarship to Alabama. Um, and I think that's where, you know, I want to draw the line there and say, look, I, I'm glad we have him. But I'm just based on my seeing Deontay Lawson, at, you know, in person, 
and the tape I've seen on Kendrick Blackshire, I totally agree. I would have Blackshire ahead of him. Um, speaking of Lawson, really quickly, there is some buzz on some message boards that he is that he will eventually flip to Auburn. Do you believe that to be true? That is so funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I mean, it's hilarious that you mentioned it, really, because in my head, I was just contemplating how to bring that up. By the way, I did not know that was on message boards. Uh, I just happened to know from the little recruiting circles I run in that that there was been talk of that, and, I, and there's actually been talk of it for two or three weeks. Um, that and, and reason being that that his good, good, very good friend Lee Hunter, who uh, from Blunt, who's committed to Auburn, is sort of sort of you know working him over in terms of flipping. So I do. I hear the rumors. I think the rumors are legit, meaning that I don't think that's message board stuff. I think it's a serious possibility. Uh, I wouldn't put anything in stone either way, but no, no, I would admit, I think there is a realistic possibility that Deontay Lawson flips to Auburn. Interesting. And I can see it happening, and I can see this being a situation where they use the depth chart against us. Um, that would be it. Totally it would, it, it's that. Yeah. It's not that all of a sudden he decides he, he doesn't think Alabama would be a good choice or a good experience for him. I think it's just the constant barrage of what he hears, not just from Lee Hunter, but, but from everyone around him, which is, why don't you go to Auburn and start as a freshman instead of going to Alabama and hope you start as a junior? Uh, I, I think that's probably something he hears. And I'm not saying that that would be accurate, by any means, I'm just saying that's what he hears, and uh, that that might be working. Could be, um, I, and it's funny because I think most people believe it would actually be the other way around that that John T. Lawson would be working on Lee Hunter to flip him to Alabama, yeah. and and maybe that actually maybe that got flipped. Here's funny. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I talked to a recruiting thing. expert when these rumors st- started up. I talked to a recruiting expert that's well. I'm not going to mention his name because it's a private conversation, but. I talked to a recruiting expert, well-known in the field, Nash. Uh, I talked to him and said, better odds, Lee Hunter flips to Alabama and joins Lawson, or Lawson flips to Auburn and joins Hunter? And he said, oh, Hunter to Alabama. He acted like it, like that. that, Like, why are you even asking me that? And the reason I was asking him that is because I'd heard the rumors. (laughs) And that's why I asked him. Uh, And he had not heard the rumors. those rumors that was news to him but that's why I asked it that way and I said well it's kind of funny you say that because on the surface I would agree with you but I'm sort of hearing whispers that it might be the other way around and he was like no that wouldn't happen but yeah it might it's recruiting so let's continue the recruiting talk Jimmy and um Look, it looks to be like Alabama's going to get another commitment on Sunday from Terrence Ferguson, who's one of the top 50 players in the country, an offensive lineman, again. Um, It's not usually that cool, that sexy to get offensive lineman commits, but for Alabama, this particular year is pretty damn cool because, I mean, so far you got J.C. Latham, obviously. you got the Brockermeyer brothers that anybody believes will wind up at Alabama. Um, This Terrence Ferguson – uh, who am I missing here, Jimmy? Um, uh, I mean, I think I, I personally think a foursome of Latham, Ferguson, and the two Brockermeyer brothers, those, those four, I mean, that, that could be the greatest offensive line class ever signed by Alabama. I, I think it's very – just those four, and I say just those four, 
when all four are awesome and three of them are, are national top 60 type players. Ferguson is a huge deal for a couple reasons if this happens and it's rumored to be happening and, and it's likely to happen that, that, that Terrence TJ Ferguson commits uh, Sunday to Alabama. This is why it's such a big deal. Not only is it a, a need position with Alabama losing so many offensive linemen after this upcoming season, it's a big deal because of who we're beating out. We're beating out Georgia. I mean, this is beating out Georgia for an in-state kid at a need position. They want this guy. Uh, being recruited by Matt Luke, who's a really good recruiter for his position at Georgia. Um, and, and, you know, recruiting is a zero-sum game. I, I say that all the time, but what I mean by that is not only does it mean that, that Ferguson's playing for Alabama, which is a big deal, it means he's not playing for Georgia. It's kind of like it's kind of like, well, him playing for Alabama is as big a win as you can get. The second biggest win is him not signing with Georgia. Even if the kid's like, hey, I'm going to sign with Georgia Tech, that would be a bit of a reason for Alabama fans to celebrate because, oh, oh good, I mean, he's not going to Georgia. We don't have to play against him. So it, it's just a double win when it's like he's not going to Georgia, but he's playing for Alabama. It's a zero-sum game. We get him, they don't. Uh, big, big deal, you know, when that happens. And let's be honest, Alabama recruiting against these days, uh, I would say Alabama recruits against LSU, Alabama recruits against Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. I mean, that, that's who we have to beat for the premium elite player, right? So whenever we beat out any of those schools for a kid that they want, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, and of course, Amarius Mims is still out there, but I believe most people think he'll wind up at Georgia. Um, he released his yeah. top six. But Terrence Ferguson is going to be a big get. He is a huge human being. Um, and then, of course, you got Damon Payne who's going to commit, was it July 25th or 26th or something 26th, like that? 26th, Sunday the 26th. Another so huge, huge, huge pickup. Yeah, I would say yeah. Damon Payne. We, we just a ranking of the uh, a, a ranking of the guys committed to Alabama that we just talked about a second ago. Uh, I would rate Damon Payne third, if not second. Uh, behind Latham and maybe Dallas Turner. I mean, that's how good to me Damon Payne is. Uh, he would be second or third, even in this all-star group. Uh, he would be a uh, a huge deal as, a, as, as what amounts to a, a five-star or near five-star defensive tackle. You know, when you were talking about, I, I hate to skip around here, but you were talking about the defensive backfield class a little bit ago and that it doesn't wow you. Uh, and, and I agree. I agree with you. Uh, we we just took a safety that's essentially a three-star. Uh, we got Devontae Smith, who is a three-star, probably wind up being a four-star because of his offers, his legit offers too, not just, hey, right. Ohio State sent me an offer, but I can't commit. No, he was committed to Ohio State. Um, but if you get Jason Marshall and Kool-Aid McKinstry, then all of a sudden I think that defensive backfield class does wow you. I mean, right. there's a lot of – reason to believe jimmy and i hate it's recruiting and there's a pandemic and we may not have football at all so there are a lot of unknowns out there but there is reason to believe this class could be the best class nick saban's ever signed at least on paper yep. which is saying an incredible amount that's that's it's, just tremendous no at yeah it's like saying most people think he's close to retiring yeah, it's like saying, you know, of all the wooden UCLA teams, this one's the best. 
or of all those Celtics teams in the 60s and early 70s, this one is the best, or, you know, <laughs> of, of all the NFL dynasties, the Steel Curtain, uh, Tom Brady's Patriots, uh, you know, Roger Staubach's Cowboys, this dynasty is the best. I mean, it's, it's literally like saying that, uh, you know, best sprinter in Jamaica. Uh, that's, that's, that's what it means to say it's the best recruiting class in the Nick Saban era. But yeah, I agree. It's too early. Let's not say it emphatically, but I will say that this group has a chance right now to be the best of, of all the Saban groups, particularly incredible in a season in which we may not sign a sexy quarterback or sexy running back. And those positions are just sort of like, you know, the Mercedes and the Ferrari of, of, of recruiting is your quarterback and maybe maybe a five-star running back. I mean, th- those are such marquee, you know, things to, 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 to have in your class. And, and for Alabama to maybe, maybe skip on running back and, and maybe not end up with a highly recruited quarterback, uh, it would be incredible to say, well, you know, you know, three-star quarterback and no running back, but it's the best class of the Saban era. That would be yeah. a hell of a thing to say, and and it might be, like you said, it w- it would take, you know, these two guys, Ferguson, Payne, then a McKinstry, maybe a Marshall, um, you know, the Brockermeyer, adding the Brockermeyer twins. I mean, I mean, you, you do all that stuff, and it's like, whoa, where where is this class now? Uh, it, it would be a lot like that. And, and you mentioned DBs. This is interesting to me, and and, and again, this is where I get my not critical. I'm just being objective and just, I'm sort of asking the question because I'm not taking a position just yet. I want to watch more tape and maybe even senior tape, but, but how about this? I'm not saying all this is factual, but, but it is funny how it's dominoes. We talked about how Alabama, Ohio state and Clemson all recruit against each other. Right? So Alabama recruits Jordan Hancock, who, who who's a five-star or a you know an elite corner from Atlanta. Alabama's recruiting him really hard. Hancock in February was leaning to Alabama. He ends up committing to Clemson. And Clemson recruits really well and they've put a shitload of DBs high in the draft lately. So Hancock chooses Alabama chooses Clemson leaving Alabama and Ohio State. Okay, now what's our plan? Ohio State then takes Devontae Smith, an in-state guy. And Alabama's slower than the others, not sure what to do. We're still hoping that there's a summer camp, you know, at this point where we can really evaluate our kids. Well, Hancock gets a little frustrated with Clemson. Who knows why? And Hancock starts flirting with Alabama and Ohio State again. Ends up, well, Hancock's probably going to flip to Ohio State, right? So, So wind of this gets to Devontae Smith, who's like, wait a minute, they're, they're going to cut me when Hancock flips over here. They're going to cut me. Screw them. I'm out of here before they, before they do that to me. I like Alabama anyway. So Hancock is going to flip. Devontae then flips from Ohio State to Alabama. Hancock does, in fact, flip to Ohio State, leaving Clemson empty-handed in their number one corner spot. So who does Clemson offer yesterday? Kamari Lassiter, cornerback from Tuscaloosa, who who Alabama's probably just not taking. And now he does have an Alabama offer. He does have an Alabama offer. But, uh, you know, everyone's assumed it's kind of an offer that's not an offer. 
But now, now all of a sudden, doesn't Alabama have to take another look at Lasseter in the sense that, wait a minute, we, we don't really want this guy, but who does? Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, all have offers to Kamari Lasseter in, in Tuscaloosa, you know, in Alabama's backyard. Literally, this kid goes to school with half of our coaching staff's kids because they all go to ACA, Alabama's coaching staff, all their kids and middle school and high school, whatever. They all go to American Christian. That's where this kid is. So, I mean, you can't get any more in our backyard. He goes to school with half our coaching staff's kids. So that's, that's just sort of crazy. interesting how all those corner – it just shows how at the, top of the, at the top of the food chain, it's like dominoes. <laughs> but it is – it's funny, too. Well, first of all, it, it seems like a foregone conclusion Hancock's going to Ohio State. It does feel that way. Yep. Although there, it, it appears there is a scintilla of optimism that he could flip to Alabama. He, he favored it, Alabama at one point. True, true. I mean, and he favored Alabama at one point. I think Ohio State. But he, the fact that Hancock could sign with Alabama, could flip to Alabama, is a real possibility, yes. Uh, my, my money is on Ohio State. But, I, I agree. Uh, my but very possible. What, what's funny is Hancock's from Atlanta, which is a stone's throw from Clemson, essentially. Yep. And he, he's going to flip to Ohio State. Uh, uh, Devontae Smith, who is a stone's throw from Columbus, is going to flip to Alabama. <laughs> and Lassner, who is a stone's throw from, from Alabama, <laughs> is going to cl- commit to Clemson. Well, I, we say commit to Clemson. I know that yep. um, apparently the Auburn uh, beat writers <laughs> are – uh, cautiously optimistic, he could come there. there as well. Right. Um, and he could end up at Auburn. If I had to bet on Laster, I would say Auburn. But I'm if Clemson really wants him, it's probably Clemson, frankly. I, I think it's how hard Clemson pushes. Is Lasseter, you know, that high up their board to where it, he gets the personal call from Dabo and the, you know, we, we like you, but we need you to commit now. Um, does, it, does he get that kind of call or – or is Clemson, you know, who's a lot like Alabama, you know, they're all, I, I call Alabama's offers for a lot of kids. If y'all follow me and, and know what I'm talking about here, Alabama's offers sometimes is like, welcome to our pecking order. You know, it's yeah. not like, it's not like, hey, here's an offer, commit when you want. Yeah, some kids can, Damon Payne can do that. But for most kids with Alabama offers, it's like welcome to the pecking order. It just means that hey, we may, we may, in fact, have a spot for you, maybe. <laughs> and, and that's just sort of the way it works. But that's how the best of the best of all time, Nick Saban, you know, has to massage the numbers a little bit. You, you don't want your backup. You, you don't want plan A and then the backup plan to be the seventh guy on your board. You want the backup plan to be the second guy on your board. So that's how you do it. No, I, I agree that, uh, and and that's why when people say, well, he, that kid has to be good. He has an Alabama offer. I'm like, does he have an offer? Offer, or just right, an offer? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and 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 Ohio State and Clemson recruit the same way. That's why and LSU, and that's why they are where they are uh, talent wise. So great, interesting. It's kind of like Alabama stuff. offers. Alabama offers are sometimes like the way I used to buy girls drinks when I was at the Tusk in Alabama. And I would go, and they would accept the drink from me, but they probably weren't sleeping with me. 
<laughs> I mean, they would take the drink, but they're, they're, not, they're probably not going to take it. And what is an offer? Just... When, when an assistant coach calls and offers you, and you have never had one conversation in your life with Nick Saban, I'm not sure you have an offer. <laughs> even though, yeah, even though you were offered by a coach at Alabama, and but you know, a lot of things are said. It's it's and it's not even really meant to mislead. It really is. If all of them look at it like, hey, I'm I'm someone they're seriously considering. I'm on I'm on the pecking order. I'm on their board. Uh, you know, we all need to look at it that way. And I, I know I look at the word offer differently than I used to, just like I look at the word commitment differently than I used to. It's, it's a fluid world. And that was even before the pandemic. Yeah. And now it's just try not to get any of that fluid from the world on you. <laughs> uh, all right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, what we're going to do Friday, I think, is talk a lot about scheduling because maybe some things will be solidified by Friday, but I doubt it. But there's a lot of talk out there that somehow, some way, maybe Alabama plays TCU or Notre Dame, who two teams that may be looking for other teams to play. And I also want to talk about, you know, a potential 10-game SEC schedule. We talked about that a little bit last time, but um, I, maybe some more possibilities will be out uh, between now and Friday because, you know, this pandemic – Things go hour to hour, really, and so maybe some things will change. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Rock Auto, for being our podcast sponsor. Rock go check out Lock Auto. Go check out Locked On NFL too. Um, those guys do a fantastic job, and I, I want to throw a shout out to Locked On Auburn as well. I listen to them some, and those guys do a fantastic job. I think they got like podcast of the month or something uh, recently. So kudos to those guys. I don't know if we'll ever get that, Jimmy. I'll be honest with you. We we say bad words too much. <laughs> yeah, we get we get best R-rated podcast on the Locked On. <laughs> the only R, uh, the only R-rated podcast. No, it's 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 not that bad. Yeah. But we just get excited. We're a little we're a little uh, passionate, and everybody, you know, we watch Nick Saban coach. And trust me, when we watch Nick Saban coach, there are some words that just are not meant for tender ears. That's right. I mean, he said going through a shit through a tin horn or whatever it was. I mean, hey. Um, anyway, all right, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.